your vehicle to the past doesn't need roads or even 1.21 gigawatts. It's the Retro Network Time Machine with Jason and Mickey! Welcome back inside the TRN Time Machine, and we're headed back to 1995. But first, our Time Machine is sponsored by Retro Days. We've got a new episode alert, Mick, RD's Detention. Latest episode features The Simpsons. You got a chance to watch it yet? Nope. <laughs> I, I'm always in, uh, what year is this? 2020? In uh, about 2040, I'll probably catch up to it. <laughs> no, I do make time for the RD's Detention. I just haven't watched The Simpsons episode yet. It's been a really busy week. Okay. Well, I know your, your schedule is just crazier than anybody i know but uh See, it's right now my daily schedule i have about a four minute window with nothing going on and most of these episodes are longer than four minutes so i it, you know it's hard for me to catch up half today half tomorrow man that's all you yeah, need that's, that's true uh they're also a fun new trailer that they've made for the channel and it's just a, a basically a best of every episode so far to the tune of bad boy by Miami sign machine. Oh gosh. I just have, I've watched that a couple times, just the, the channel trailer <laughs> of him, you know, all the different little things that they've talked about and, and highlights basically of the channel. So if you haven't watched yet, just go over to the channel and watch the trailer and you'll get an idea real quick of what they do in each episode. And who doesn't love the Simpsons and going back checking out all that stuff so go check out the simpsons episode this week on the retro days channel on youtube but we're gonna go back 1995 was a uh, a pretty pretty good transition year for me what we're gonna do we're gonna talk about kind of uh, events that were going on in, in the time period we're gonna talk about first like where we were as far as where we were living what we're doing we're in school job uh, what we're doing for fun just kind of go through our lives uh, real quick, and we'll throw a an item in the time capsule. And then we'll get on to basically pop culture, all the events going on, music, movies, TV, and food, and sports. And then we've got this category that's kind of a jumble of everything. Tech, products, video games, toys is what I called it. Lots of great stuff in there going on in 1995. But let's just start with our kind of personal experience, what we were doing, where we were in 95. Well, let's see, 95, I was a junior in high school, having a great time. I worked at the grocery store, and still, you know, the years I spent there are still the most fun I've ever had in my working life, and still connect with some of those people, and Mm -hmm. still talk about those good old times. Of course, living here in a small town area, there wasn't a whole lot to do other than work and just go see your friends and going to see your friends included fun stuff that you only get in rural mountain areas like four wheeler rodeos and farm parties setting out by the lake and the back seat of a car. <laughs> uh, man, I miss those days. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but you know, you hear a lot of people that, Oh, my high school years were terrible. My high school years were great. Da, da, da. You know, mine was more on the great side. I, I enjoyed high school, especially this time around 95 when you're, I was driving and mm-hmm. I was uh, co-oping out of school going to work. So I was only there from like 830 to 1130 every day. That's probably what made it so great was I just didn't spend much time <laughs> right. there. And, you know, this would have been the year that I was running the uh, gambling operation out of the school store. Uh, that was in full <laughs> swing making money so yeah it was a good time for me in 95 cool man yeah 95 I, just speaking of grocery stores everybody needs to start their working career at a grocery store i think because i had such a great time too i worked there i wasn't the start of my career but it was kind of i worked part-time during my college years later in the 90s and that was like my fallback job if i didn't have something right out of college which ended up happening that's another story for another day. But I worked at a, a Publix for, I don't know, about a year, year and a half as a stock clerk. And the other stock clerks there, man, we just had this team going. It was great. We could yuck it up and have fun and still, you know, get the job done. And 
I don't know. There's just something about that environment that's it's fun for. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess depending on which department you're working in, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. We had fun, man. I could tell you some stories, and maybe we'll go into that sometime about our like previous jobs or something. Maybe that's a fun episode we could do. But yeah, man. Uh, this time though, in '95, I graduated in '94, and didn't know if I wanted to go directly into college, what I wanted to do. I took a year off. I'm like, I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. So 95, well, the fall of 94 through all of 95, I was just kind of living at home. I had a job at a radio station downtown and it was just more or less a transition year. So most of my friends had gone off. uh, Several went into the military, several went to college so I still had a few back home, but it was mainly me working at the radio station and renting movies at the local little mom and pop rental store. I saw so many movies that year, man. And oh, 95. I was, that, and that's part of why I wanted to do drive-in on 95. I saw so many movies at the theater and working at the grocery store. We had a video rental store in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And so like every night after work, you're just, you know, get off at midnight before the video closes, you go grab whatever piques your interest. You go home and stay up late and watch it. And that was a nightly thing. I was watching old movies from the 80s I'd never seen from the mm-hmm. first time. I was watching recently new release VHS, you know, from like the previous month. And going to the theater once or twice a week on top of it. So, yeah, I'm yeah. right there with you. Well, finally getting to that age of 18 too, man. The whole catalog of r-rated movies came available too that you could rent and start watching some of those so time to watch basic instinct (laughs) but it was fun like i would go to i remember going to the rental store and getting some of the new releases but also just going through an entire rack of movies i'm going to start here and i'm just going to go one by one and check all these out basically based on the box art and I remember doing that uh, around that time, and like I said, a lot more movies kind of came available to you being an 18-year-old and renting movies. But yeah, I did a lot of that in 1995. Uh, I was down there several times a week at least. And then going to the theaters, well, I saw a lot. And 95 too, I mean, I've got my own car. Uh, I was My music taste was kind of all over the place still at that point. And the radio station I worked for, I was mainly on the AM side, which is all like news, talk, and sports. I got three hours of Rush Limbaugh every day, and <laughs> that's another podcast for another day, The uh, all the shows and stuff that we did. But the uh, FM side was a adult contemporary station, so you got a little bit of rock and the pop stuff. So I listened to that a lot, but I was still into like dance and hip-hop and rap, and my taste... I think about that time kind of shifted into the alternative scene and I was getting more into some of the alternative bands as well. So in 95, I was everywhere and I was going down to the the record store that was still open in the mall at the time, buying CDs uh, at this point, finally had a CD player. I had the discman in my car that you hooked up through that little cassette, you know, (laughs) (laughs) remember those setups where you had to, before cars started getting uh, CD players in them. And I had like a little pillow on the passenger seat. I'd put that discman up there so it wouldn't skip and uh, just buying <laughs> buying CDs at the local store. So that was kind of my setup for 95. And I would go off to college in the spring of 96. So it's pretty definitive year for me that I'm just kind of hanging out and trying to figure out what I want to do and having fun. So if you're going to put like a, a time capsule item in based on whatever your experience or something at the time, what would you throw in there? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Probably I, uh, uh, I had a truck and um, I started driving in 94. So I got this truck in 95. I guess it would have been Christmas 94. Uh, my brother, actually, one of the coolest things he's ever done for me in my life, which has not been very many. Uh, bought me a pioneer CD player and installed it in that truck for me for Christmas. So like December 94, I had a CD player installed in the truck Nice. and you know, that just made you like the coolest person at school. So I'm going to say a CD player from okay, you know, a vehicle CD player. 
I'm going to throw in a t-shirt from that radio station I worked at because even to this day, my buddy Wyatt, who also worked at that station, he went off to basic training, I think in February of 95, he went in the air force and he worked there. And because I guess I was there during the day, he mainly worked night shifts and stuff. I was kind of closer to the program director and the general manager, and I got myself a T-shirt. And those things were pretty coveted in my town, even among my friends. Oh, you got a radio, you know, you got the WQIX <laughs> T-shirt. So I'm going to toss in that. town too then, huh? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to toss in a T-shirt from that radio station, just well, as a cool. personal note. Uh, all right, let's get on to some of the events that happened in 95. Uh, probably the biggest thing going on in, in 95 as far as uh, national news was the OJ trial. And it finally wrapped, I think, later in the that year. 150 million people viewed the verdict on TV that year. That's just crazy. And then you had all of these news channels and even the the networks that were preempting like the um, soap operas in the afternoon just to play oh, yeah. like wrap ups of the OJ trial and, and some of the live coverage. So it was just, I mean, everywhere and everybody was talking about it. And those people, you know, all of the lawyers and the, <laughs> I even made a judge Edo uh, reference last week <laughs> of all things, but they were all like celebrities at that point. Cause they were just on TV every day and everybody knew what was going on. And, uh, it was the it was the real start of reality television. I, I would say so. Yeah, court TV spawned out of the success of airing the trial. That's what mm-hmm. started court TV. So yeah, so that was a big deal. Uh, one of the saddest events, really, of the year was the OKC bombing. You know, Timothy McVeigh became a household name, and uh, what was it? A hundred and I can't remember off the top of my head. Hundred and eighty. Yeah, it was way too many. Um, that happened around that bombing. I've, I've even kind of stayed away from, it was just horrible. And I've tried to stay away from news coverage and even documentaries around that later in life, just because it was, uh, very tragic. Also going on that year, we had this, uh, incident in Bosnia where a F-16 was shot down behind enemy lines. And that actually became uh, loosely based on the movie Behind Enemy Lines in 2001. Uh, Scott O'Grady, he was the pilot, and six days later they rescued him in Bosnia. So uh, that's one of my favorite uh, like uh, military-type movies. I love Behind Enemy Lines. And it's very, very loosely based, though, because if you read a little bit about the story and about his life, and he was a little upset about the way he was portrayed even in the movie, but that was one of the stories going on in, in 1995. Uh, we had the end of Operation Desert Storm. You know, that was a continuing finally. story. Yeah, mm-hmm. finally, for several years. And then well, let's get into some more, <laughs> I guess, fun stuff or happier stuff of the year. Mr. Brad Pitt was voted the sexiest man alive in People magazine. Uh, we had the launch of eBay in 1995. As oh. mainly a place to do what? I don't know. Like, <laughs> you don't know. I, I, okay. Apparently, yeah. you don't know where I'm going with this, dude. Okay. Uh, you know how eBay started, right? It was actually an online trading post type buy and sell place for Pez like dispensers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for people who collected Pez dispensers. And the eBay we know now grew out of that. And it pretty much, uh, it Pez dispenser, small community, and then some folks started listing some beanie babies and stuff on there at the beginning of that craze. And then boom eBay's off and running with Beanie Babies, and then everybody's like, well, if they're going to sell that here, I'm going to list my Star Wars Luke Skywalker figure from 1970-whenever. So. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> that was uh, a, a big deal eventually, and I remember selling stuff during my college years in the later 90s on eBay. That was kind of like my first exposure. You know uh, what the first thing I sold on eBay was? I didn't have very many of them, but I sold all of my LJN WWF superstars figures on there. Really? Yeah. Talk about kicking myself. And you probably got way too little for them. Now they went for some decent money even then. Yeah. That was surprising. Yeah. 
one of the first things I bought on there was the complete set of James Bond Moonraker trading cards. <laughs> pretty solid pick. Yeah. I can't remember what I paid for him, but uh, that was one of the first things I remember. Um, 1995 was the first year that Amazon was online and sold its first book. Okay, you remember the first thing you bought off eBay. Can you remember what the first thing you bought off Amazon was? No. I do. Oh, yeah? I bought my dad a birthday present off of there. Because, you know, you think back then, it's hard to really find stuff without Amazon that we know today. He was a big fan of the original Walking Tall movies. And they had a three-pack collection on VHS of all the original Walking Tall movies. And that's the first thing I bought off of Amazon. <laughs> Cause cool. you know, you like, you go to your, if you grew up in a bigger area and had a big mall or, or a lot of shopping options, maybe you would come across something like that. But here with a Kmart and a roses, you just weren't going to come across some novelty mm-hmm. item like this. So Amazon for people like us in our area was, well, for the people like me who embraced it, who were early adopters of technology, it, it was a godsend. I was given for a few years there in the late nineties, the best gifts anybody were getting because I was the only one in my immediate circle of family who was ordering stuff off the internet. Yeah. And people were like, well, you know, here's a cheese sampler. Merry Christmas. (laughs) It's like here, dad, I got you the whole series of, uh, you know, tales of the gold monkey. Where the hell do you find that? You know, you don't have the coolest presents. <laughs> well, I was a, well, I didn't, I never had a home computer, so I didn't get my first exposure to a lot of these websites until I was in college and I was at the computer lab. So yeah, like I didn't start buying stuff on Amazon until probably like 97 or 98, several years later. Yeah, I started buying uh, in 96. Yeah. That's uh that's pretty early adopter then. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get a few more headlines here. 95 was the last year that Calvin and Hobbes produced a comic strip, new comic strip. You don't think about comic strips anymore and how that was the first thing I went for usually in the newspaper as a oh, kid, but even it in was a later in life. Ritual. Yeah. Ma, I would sit down for breakfast, and I'm talking about from the time I was eight until I was 18 living with mom and dad. Every morning she's fixing breakfast, and I pull out that page because our local newspaper had comics on one side of the page and and down the other side it had the jumble and and the the word games and then on the back you had the tv listings and today in history and the interesting facts and i would just devour both sides of that page over breakfast so i grew up loving comic strips never was a huge fan of calvin and Hobbes though i read it but it just wasn't it wouldn't be in my top five or ten yeah me neither it was all about uh garfield Wizard of Id, uh, Beetle Bailey, the Far Those, Side. Far Side, yeah. Far Side was big. I like the Far Side because it was just usually just one big picture. You know, yeah. it was all right there for you. You know, <laughs> I've got a uh, a book somewhere I bought, probably at Books a Million or somewhere that's just uh, a compilation of Far Side strips, and I love that book, man. I'll go back and pick that thing up and go through it. You know, even today. Great stuff. All right, let's go through a few births and deaths in 95. Make you guys feel old. Uh, American fashion model Gigi Hadid. She was born post Malone. Uh, A couple sports people. Ezekiel Elliott, the Cowboys running back. Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs quarterback. And Gabby Douglas, the Olympic gymnast, all born in 95. Uh, Deaths that year. We lost... Jerry Garcia from the Grateful Dead. We lost Easy E from the NWA. Orville Redenbacher passed away. Oh, bless his soul. We lost Selena that year. There was a big story about that and her murder. And, and for several days after that uh, was top news. Very tragic. We lost Howard Cosell, the uh, sports uh, announcer, reporter. Very famous voice. Um, Frizz Freeling, who was the animator for Looney Tunes, passed away that year. We lost Wolfman Jack, the famous DJ. Bob Ross, of course, the probably most famous television painter. We lost Mickey Mantle, Yankee and Hall of Famer. And on Christmas Day, 1995, Dean Martin, the uh, crooner, singer, 
longtime partner with Jerry Lewis there passed away. Uh, so that was a little glimpse of 95 through the events. And uh, what are you going to put in the time capsule just based on the events of 95 that we talked about? Well, if it don't have to be a physical item, I'll put just Amazon. Well, no, you know what? It will be a physical item. I'll put in that walking tall three okay. movie VHS collection. I wrote down, I'm just going to put a money order that's made out to eBay seller. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the last time I remember buying money orders was when I'm <laughs> early days of eBay, you know? Yeah. Gosh. Well, it brings back memories, don't it? Yeah, not not you good. Memory. Buy something, then you have to go somewhere and buy a money order, and then mail it to somebody. Yeah, heaven forbid wow. you do a personal check and have to wait two weeks for it to clear. You know, and then yeah. you get your item sent, and then you, yeah. Gosh, what a process that was back then. Uh, let's get on to some music. Let's talk about the uh, the top singles and top albums of '95. Top five singles. Number five, Boys to Men on Bended Knee. Mm-hmm. Number four was Seal Kiss from a Rose. Seal? Who is Seal? Oh, don't start on me, man. Don't start. What? Uh, <laughs> I've what never heard of her. <laughs> Shut up, man. What? <laughs> I swear to God, you don't know who Seal is. No, never heard of her. It's a hymn. Okay, even worse, but I've never heard of him. His from a, from the Batman Forever soundtrack. Oh, oh, he was that weird dude who had the, that weird video. <laughs> he had those. Uh, th- and this is what he claimed. So don't. Yeah, he had those like scars on his face, and he said that he just woke up one day and they were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like an excuse I'd make for something when he I was, was married. Fifteen years old. Who was the model he was married to for a while? Um, she was on what is it? America's Got Talent. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I love Seal. I loved his music. So well, anyway. I'm just not real familiar. But if he was that weird dude that done those weird music videos, you said Batman Forever. I I might know who you're talking about. Anyway, let's go. Yeah. The top the number three and number two songs were from TLC, Waterfalls and Creep. And the number one song of 1995 was Coolio's Gangsta Paradise. Yeah, I had the CD. I think I enjoyed the Weird Al version more. Amish Paradise, which I think was a, a year later. Uh, you remember that video? Well, it probably hit home more for you. You grew up around Amish country. <laughs> I did, yes. I did. You were closer to Amish country than you were Harlem. So, <laughs> Very true. <laughs> oh, Actually, I think Coolio was West Coast, but... Anyway, yeah. okay. Well, well, you're even closer. Then. <laughs> Top five albums of 1995: Cracked Rearview, Hootie and the Blowfish. That was the biggest seller of '95. That Crazy. probably got the third most play time in my truck that year. So yeah, okay. it was way up there for me. Me too. Uh, TLC's Crazy Sexy Cool. Uh, Landis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill was the third best. Mariah Carey's Daydream. And Garth Brooks, The Hits. I had that one, too. Those it probably got the fourth most play in my truck. That was, uh, so that was a look at the, some of the top songs and albums. Here's just a couple of headlines in the music world. This was the year that Tommy Lee married Pam Anderson. And Lyle Lovett and Julia Roberts broke up. She made such a mistake. Lyle Lovett was awesome. He was kind of almost like the modern Elvis. I don't know if that even makes sense. Uh, he was better looking than Elvis, though. <laughs> uh, 1995, the Beatles released the single Free as a Bird. That was their first one in 20 years. I remember that being on the radio. I'm like, what? They're, okay. So, uh, do you got any other ones? What other ones were you listening to in the truck that you mentioned? Well, it was older than this. Uh, you had CCR's album Chronicle, mm-hmm. and you had Leonard Skinner's Golden Platinum double CD set. That okay. that got a lot of playtime in the truck. <laughs> Not just mine either. Everybody was listening to that around here. So okay, that uh, ninety five. There's a few albums in kind of the alternative side. Probably not the. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you're gonna put them in alternative, but. I got a, a lot of mileage out of the uh, Collective Soul self-titled album that had like December and The World I Know. 
Uh, got a lot of mileage out of Better Than Ezra's Deluxe. That song, Good. Oh, my gosh. I could I could put that on repeat right now. And then Dishwalla's Pet Your Friends. Dishwalla was kind of a one-hit wonder with the Counting Blue Cars, if you remember that song. But I, I could listen to that whole album, too. It was great. So those three kind of pushed me towards the alternative or, you know, I, I was listening to less, like, hip-hop and rap at the time, but... I was still had some albums that I was buying uh, throughout that year. So what are you going to throw in the time capsule as far as music goes? Well, I'll put the Cracked Rearview album in. It'll fit nice in the CD player that I kept. Okay. Okay. I had that written down, but I do have a backup that I'll throw in for me. And that was the Skilo I Wish CD Max single. <laughs> the song, have you ever heard the song I Wish by Skilo? I I wish I, was, ring a bell. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl that looked good. I would call her. You don't remember that song? Well, now I do. Now that you're okay, okay. butchering it and stuff. That way, I'm it. Sorry, I'm not a singer. <laughs> um, I remember buy, I bought that Max single, which had like the the radio version and like three different remixes. And that was played so much because that was me, man. I'm I'm the basketball person, wishing he was a little bit taller and wishing he had a girl. <laughs> that just I don't know connected with me to a T. So I'll throw that in as my uh, music item for '95. Uh, let's get on to some movies, and I don't think we're gonna go in too depth on this, just because you know we want to want you to go over there and listen we're to going, our drive. Yeah, we're going to yeah. spend all year going in depth on this stuff. So that's just, right. just a tease. Yeah, more of a tease for you, but let's just go ahead and list the top grossing movies of 95. Number one was Die Hard with a Vengeance. Number I two, I don't know if I've ever seen it. I don't think I've seen it. It's my favorite of the Die Hards. Yeah, I stopped it like number two. I don't think I've, I did see the one, whatever the latest one was with that, uh, that kid from the, uh, what was he? Was he a Mac? Was it the Mac commercials that he was in? Anyway, didn't tell you. Um, so I don't even know if I've ever seen Die with the Vengeance. Uh, Toy Story was number two. I've got a very vivid memory about seeing Toy Story in the theater that I'll save for that episode on uh, the drive-in. Just a ridiculous experience that it's. You're gonna want to wait for that one. Uh, Apollo 13 was number three. Golden Eye four. Pocahontas, number five. Batman Forever, six. Seven was, ironically, number seven. Uh, Casper at eight. Waterworld at nine. And Jumanji at ten. And the best picture of the year in 1995 was Braveheart, which came in number 13 at the box office. So, uh, you going to throw in one of those into the time capsule, or are you going to go off on your own here? Um, I'm going to put Apollo 13 in. Yes. Okay. That's a good choice. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't deny that. That's a, I don't know. I, I've, I've seen that well, way more times than I've seen Braveheart. Apollo 13. I've never seen Braveheart. Apollo 13 was the first movie I can remember where, uh, my mind kind of turned on movies as far as, it was a real, I don't even know how to explain it. I watch movies for fun and enjoyment. And Apollo 13 was the first movie that I watched. It kind of blew me away visually. And mm -hmm. I realized that, you know, there's movies out there that are made for other purposes beyond just entertaining that, you know, this right. is big in scope and it's, yeah, it was everything. And it was the first movie. It was the first time I really appreciated the movie for everything about it, not just the laughs I was getting out of or the action scenes or right, whatever. Right. More of a grown up awakening to movies. And that was Apollo 13. So, yeah. Bigger than your $7 you're paying to watch something to entertain you for an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good choice. I think I'll put in, um, gosh, what am I going to put in there? I think I'll put in Goldeneye. Because that was just the start of, you know, the new James Bond era and the streak that I have going of watching all these Bond movies in the theater. That was, I don't know, one of my favorites of the year, definitely, is Goldeneye. So I'll put that one in for our uh, movie choice. Um, okay, let's get on to this larger category. 
which is uh, technology, products, games, toys, that kind of thing. And this was essentially 1995, the first year that the internet was privatized and the government public funding, really, for the internet. And then we had America Online, the two big ones, America Online and Prodigy, were offering access to World Wide Web. And it seemed like you were stepping on CD-ROMs, like just walking down the street. You know what I mean? They're like yeah. everywhere to get you to get online free trials and get your, their browser, you know, set up on your computer. And they were just everywhere. It's like a slew of CDs everywhere, CD-ROMs, to get you to, to start up on America Online or Prodigy. And if so, you want to hear more about all that stuff, go back in our archives. One of the earliest episodes we've done was right. all about the Wild West old school days of the Internet. And we talk a lot about Prodigy and AOL. So go check that out if you're a newer listener. Yeah. Uh, 95 was when we got Windows 95, too. Uh, yes. <laughs> Windows um, 95 was, uh, it, it can't be overstated how much of a game changer that was. I mean, your modern operating system on your computer still kind of mirrors a lot of those. Because before that, you'll remember Windows 3.1 when it was really Windows and there wasn't a start button down in the corner. And, right. you know, Windows 95 brought all that. I mean, it was a real game changer. Yeah. Plus, it had Minesweeper. <laughs> so did Windows 3.1. Okay, but Windows well. 95 brought on the pinball. And Pinball, that yeah. Game with the rats and the cheese and the maze thing and the, the downhill skiing game. You uh, went from for years on computers, you had Solitaire and Minesweeper. Windows 95 come along, you got like three or four more games. Yeah. It's great. Resell and Spider Solitaire. And yeah. I got a lot of mileage out of that pinball, that space, spaceship yeah. pinball mm -hmm. or whatever it was. A lot of mileage out of that. But that was me. Yeah, I didn't see, like I said, I didn't, I never ha had a personal computer. So I can remember working at the radio station and playing like Minesweeper on the side if I'm doing like a late night shift <laughs> and then nobody was around, you know? So between commercials, I was, uh, <laughs> I was playing Minesweeper. Uh, Sony PlayStation and Sega Saturn were released in 1995, and the NES was officially discontinued by Nintendo. Mm. Um, I I'd never had a PlayStation, never had a Saturn. The only game I remember playing on a PlayStation was, I think it was called WCW Nitro. Mm -hmm. That was a fun game. It was kind of like... Street Fighter 2, but in a wrestling ring with wrestlers. It what you know, right. like the modern wrestling games or actual long matches and stuff. This was a you know, a quicker version yeah. and they all had their special moves and stuff. It was a lot of fun. Right. Yeah. And you still but you got like uh like these little lead in uh them coming down the aisle, you know, to the ring and I, I don't know if you got their themes and stuff, but I don't know. I, I remember it being the closest to like watching wrestling that I've ever played like for a video game at that point miles past like WWF superstars and stuff you'd play in the arcade. You know, uh, I had a PlayStation in kind of the early days. And one of the cool things about it was this was on a, a CD and right. which made it just seem futuristic. And <laughs> the way I left pizza hut, pizza hut had those game sampler discs that they would give you when you ordered a pizza and it would have, like four different games on it. And you really, could play, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember what one of them was. There was a racing game on one. Of, it was a popular racing game. It had like the first course, but that was all that was on there. But still like, you know, these games were expensive. And even though I had yeah. a job, it, you couldn't just go out and buy a game. Well, here's okay. So I can only race one track, but if I want to play a racing game, I pop the pizza hut CD in. And mm -hmm. they had several different ones with, you know, four games each on them like that. Uh, so yeah, that yeah. that was a cool concept back then as a way to for doing promotional tie-ins and mm -hmm. getting your product out there in front of people. Really cool. Absolutely. Uh, Ninety-five was a big year for Yahoo. They formed the corporation and Yahoo.com launched, and I was hooked on Yahoo. That was basically my first experience on the web was going through Yahoo, searching Yahoo, playing Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Mm -hmm. and 
that was my experience creating your own my Yahoo page later. You know, that I think that was probably a couple years later when they started doing that, and you could fill in all of those uh, little places on your page with weather, sports headlines, whatever you wanted to do. And you went to one place. You had like your own personal homepage to get everything, mm-hmm. and came the internet essentially came to you, and you're not going to it. That's the first time I felt that kind of feeling. You know, the internet was always. Uh, this research tool, you know, to me, especially in the, you know, college years and stuff, but having that, my Yahoo, it was almost like the internet came to me personally. It was a game changer, I think. Mm-hmm. And who would have thought Yahoo serious from young Einstein would have went on to create something like that. <laughs> uh, we'll see what else, what else we got going on. The Dodge Viper came out in 1995. I wasn't a, I'm, I was a Chevy person. My dad was, so we were huge into Corvettes, but I remember that was a big deal. And then that show came the Viper. I don't know when that came out. If it was a couple years after that, probably. No, I think it was, it was concurrent because was the it? show was kind of like an hour long commercial every week for the, for the Viper. For the Viper. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was pretty big. Uh, BMW introduced the Z3 Roadster, which was the the blue BMW that James Bond had in Goldeneye. Um, now, this was a fun little list I found. The highest rented video games, according to Blockbuster, released, this was kind of released through GamePro magazine. And see if any of these connected with you, because I didn't have a Super NES. I was a Genesis guy. But the top five SNES games uh, rentals for 95, Donkey Kong Country, all right, that was, you know, I talked about having the rental store at the grocery store. I probably rented Donkey Kong Country at least once a week for about a year. So, yeah, that, that wow. was a big one. Yeah. Uh, NBA Jam Tournament Edition. That was didn't, big. Didn't rent it, went right and bought it. That was a good one. Yep, yep. Uh, game called Killer Instinct. Don't know that one. That Just was a big to, arcade hit. It, it uh-huh. had the, you know, the guns. You had the guns that you would shoot and stuff. So, yeah. Okay. Justice League Task Force. Nope. Spider-Man. I don't remember just the Spider-Man game. I had Spider-Man and the X-Men in Arcade Revenge. That was a really mm-hmm. fun game. But. And then the Five for Genesis NBA Jam Tournament Edition, which is what I remember renting, playing. Uh, World Series Baseball 95, Road Rash 3. NBA Action 95, and Judge Dredd. Those were the top rentals for Genesis in 95. Uh, do you remember the game You Don't Know Jack, the trivia game? Yeah, well, I, I don't think I ever played it, but I know what you're talking about. Oh, it was huge for years, and that was like one of the first CD-ROM games I remember getting when we finally got a computer. Uh, it was right after we were married, so it would have been around 2000. I remember picking that up in the store and it was whatever, you don't know, Jack five or 12 or whatever it was at that point, but it was a whole franchise that was pretty popular and just a kind of a trivia based, uh, game show almost type game. Uh, that was huge. Uh, a couple toys that were hot in 95 pogs. Mm-hmm. I never got into pogs. I know you were big into them. You've said before. Oh yeah. We gambled with them. Gambled with them. <laughs> Okay. But I've gambled my whole life. My old man was a, uh, anyway, yeah, we gambled uh, with him. Okay. Played for Be- keeps. Yeah. Like you said before, Beanie Babies were huge in 95. I remember those things going for like big bucks. Mm. Even in the later years on eBay, seeing Beanie Babies pop up for, you know, three figures was not uncommon. Right. Now you can go to, <laughs> go to like the, uh, our antique mall. And there's a whole like booth of just beanie babies that you could get for like, a couple of bucks, you know, <laughs> yeah. cat toys now. <laughs> right. Yeah. One of my favorite board games that I haven't, I didn't get connected to until, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago was Catan settlers of Catan. If you're ever into that game that came out the first edition of that in 1995. So what are you going to throw in here as a time capsule item, as a product or piece of technology game? I got to put two in. Okay. I got to put, I got to throw some pogs with a slammer in there and win a copy of windows 95. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, I was going to put an AOL CD-ROM disc in there. Well, that's a very good one, too. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to put that in there for 95. All right, let's get on to some food. We love food. And, of course, we're not going to put a <laughs> piece of food in a time capsule. But well, You never know. <laughs> go ahead. Maybe it would last. All right, if let's it was go a Twinkie or something, it'd still be good. Probably, yeah. All right, here's a couple things that came out in 95 as far as food goes. Starbucks released and copyrighted the name Frappuccino in 95. Um, suburban women have never been the same since. <laughs> I tell you what, man. I used to pick up those four packs. You get some vodka, make some like white Russians. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. The blue M&Ms replaced the tan color. Remember, I remember that. <laughs> I remember that was all over the you know television commercials and stuff. It was a big deal. Blue M&Ms. Got to take the brown one out, don't they? <laughs> pizza Hut. Hand over your heart, Mick. Introduced the stuffed crust pizza in 95 and the commercials and everything behind that of spinning that piece of pizza around and starting crust first, Mm -hmm. which was sacrilegious. I don't care what the crust has in it. You don't start with the crust. You finish with the crust. It's like a dessert after the slice. (laughs) I don't know. Death crust is still a big hit at pizza hut. So that that's a big one. And the marketing just behind that, I was like, all right, I got to buy a stuffed crust pizza and eat it backwards. I just have to do it. But see, the problem with that is when you eat it backwards and eat the crust first, you have nothing to hold on to the rest of the slice with. That's right. Yeah. That is ass backwards marketing. <laughs> it worked though, man. It did. Give them credit. It, it did. 95 was the first year for DiGiorno to start offering their frozen pizzas. That, mm-hmm. that was a big deal. The cereal French toast crunch hit the market in 95. I love Cinnamon Toast Crunch, so I was all over that. Mm-hmm. Pepsi came along, introduced Josta. You remember this? I it did was not. Like, it was an energy drink. First one, actually, by a major soft drink company and marketed as a high-energy drink with guarana and caffeine was uh, what they put in that thing. I don't yeah. remember it being uh, a, a one that I was going for, but I do Which- remember it. You know, Jolt was advertised in position back in its beginning as an energy cola. So I'm not sure the fact, I mean, I guess because Pepsi is a much bigger brand, they can write history, but I'm not sure that was actually the first energy. Well, I don't know if it, I don't know if Jolt was marketed as energy. They were always, you know, double the sugar and twice the caffeine, which I I guess would (laughs) be, you know. I have researched Jolt. They were, they did position themselves in the beginning oh, as an energy soft drink. Yes, they did. As an alternative to coffee. Well, maybe saying yeah. the first first drink as a one of the major soft drink companies, because wasn't Jolt just kind of their own thing? Yeah. That's probably why they had that there. That's why wow. I said Pepsi's much bigger. They can write history. So, yeah, <laughs> it was them. Uh, 95 was the first year of the Big Hardy Burger which was a competitor to the Big Mac. We didn't have Hardee's in my area, so I don't remember the Big Hardy. I remember when the Big King came around, but I think that was later. I don't know. Starburst Jelly Beans, first year for those Ooh. in 95. And that's the it of my food list. What are you going to put in as a time capsule item? I'm going to throw in a handful of tan M&Ms. The way they can <laughs> live on forever. You bastard. <laughs> what? No, <laughs> oh, you just, okay. Well, you can throw you some can... in too, if that's what you're complaining well, if about. If I'm going to put them in, I'm going to put in blue ones, not tan ones. Oh, why would you do that? Blue ones are that... still exist. The tan ones don't. <laughs> but it was the first year. That's like a, the commemorative edition of blue oh, okay. Okay. No, what I'm going to, what, what I'm going to put in is a, I'm going to record the, Pizza Hut stuffed crust commercial with Donald Trump, and I'm going to record that on a VHS and throw that in. Oh, nice. <laughs> that uh, <laughs> I watched that just in preparation for this. I thought that was funny. Him and Ivanka. Anyway, uh, let's look at sports for a little bit here. 1995. Let's just run through the champions here. Atlanta Braves won the World Series. It's also the first year that the wild card game was played. 
in Major League Baseball. It's actually, I think the year previous, they adapted that rule for the playoffs, but they had the strike in 94, so they didn't even do the playoffs. So 95 was the first year for the wild card uh, game. And also 95 was the year that Cal Ripken broke Lou Gehrig's streak of consecutive games played. 2,130. That's impressive. And he was the AP athlete of the year that year. Uh, I, I remember that being not, a big deal. Yeah, for people who may not be sports fans and they hear something like that and they're like, ah, you know, you just got to take into account your own personal life. If you don't think that's impressive, have you went to work 2,130 straight days that you were scheduled? Right. Most likely not. Okay. <laughs> and right, this yeah. dude is, is engaging in a physical activity at his job. Right. And, and don't miss time. So a hundred and what is it in the season? 162 games. Something like that. Yeah. And so traveling that's... all over the country to go to work that many days. Right. Yeah. That's impressive. That's an impressive number right there. Uh, you remember after he broke the record, then he took the next day off. <laughs> the, I think so. Yeah. I yeah. think so. Well deserved, right. by the way. <laughs> no Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that story's better when you put in the day off part of it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I can uh, imagine he calls in, calls the manager. <coughs> Man, I'm sick. <laughs> I can't make it in today. <laughs> and the manager's like, you son of a bitch. Yeah. You, just, you yeah. set the record. Now you're going to start calling in. Yeah, I need a doctor's note. The playoffs start tomorrow, man. What? (laughs) (laughs) I need a doctor's note. Yeah, that's great. Um, (laughs) The the AP female athlete of the year was uh, Rebecca Lobo from University of Connecticut, who went undefeated that year, won the uh, NCAA championship, women's championship. Uh, The Niners beat the Chargers in Super Bowl XXIX. Yeah, they did. Beat down the Chargers, I should have put in there. I am a 49ers fan, and as we are recording this, they have a chance to go back. So keep your fingers crossed. Okay. Nebraska beat Miami in the Orange Bowl to win the college football championship. The black shirts. UCLA won the NCAA basketball title over Arkansas, and that was the first time in, I want to say, like 20 years they got a title, something like that. Um, You know, that huge streak in the... What was it, 60s and 70s when mm-hmm. they won all those titles? So they were back uh, as champions. The Rockets sweep the Magic for the NBA title, and that was the early that years would've... for uh, Shaq and Penny Hardaway. That's what I was going to say. That yeah. was a Shaq O'Neal-led Magic. Right. In golf, mm. Ben Crenshaw won the Masters Golf Tournament for the second time, and Tiger Woods won the U.S. Amateur in 95. And the Devils swept the Red Wings for the Stanley Cup. So that's a little glimpse at 95 in sports. What are you going to put in as a time capsule item? Um, Cal Ripken's doctor's note from that day. He took <laughs> that's no. good. Uh, I, I, my mom actually bought me, uh, when the 49ers went to that Super Bowl, she bought me an official Super Bowl program off of QVC, and I would put it in. I'm going to put in, I'm sure there was uh, tons of commemorative trading cards for Cal Ripken's streak. So I'm going to find one of those and throw one of those in as the sports memory for 95. And then our last category in the time capsule is television. Here are some premieres in 1995. The Drew Carey Show. Loved it. I I don't think I've ever watched an episode of the Drew Carey show. Now, when I say I loved it, I did love it, but I didn't get into it at the beginning. I got into it in the very late nineties when it was in syndication and it was on every evening on my local Fox affiliate. I I discovered it then and really liked it. So, okay. Star Trek Voyager, which kind of kicked off the, what was it? The UPN network that year. I think that's right. right. Yeah. That was the first year for UPN. I think it was also the first year for the History Channel, the Golf Channel. There was another one in there I meant to put in the notes. Uh, Taxi Cab Confessions on HBO. I you know, we'll, we'll back up just a second. Uh-huh. I can remember when the Golf Channel launched, and just people that I knew were like, who's <laughs> 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 right. watching the Golf Channel? But what perfect timing it had right at the start of Tiger Woods' ascent to stardom and stuff. Right. And he single-handedly made golf 
super popular countrywide for a long time. That's right. And the Golf Channel was a major hit because of that. That's so right. So good on them. Now, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, Taxi Cab Confessions on HBO. Loved it. <laughs> Loved it. 17 years <laughs> old, Saturday night, late night, watching Taxi Cab Confessions on HBO was like, that was awesome. <laughs> I don't usually remember. Followed, it was usually followed by an episode of Real Sex. <laughs> okay. I don't remember. I don't remember where I would have watched it, but I do remember watching some episodes somewhere. Because we didn't subscribe to HBO. So, well, um, we didn't either, but we had a black box. So we didn't have to subscribe. I <laughs> uh, got you. Yeah. D Scrambler. Mm-hmm. Uh, single out on MTV. That was a pretty big uh, hit for MTV at the time. I liked it too. Jenny McCarthy. Jenny McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Young uh, Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> Mad TV on Fox. I would watch Saturday Night Live, and I do remember switching over. I, I think it was on at the same time, wasn't it? It was kind of like Fox. Oh, I, I don't know. I never watched Mad TV. I was thinking it might have been on at the same time, or maybe it was a different time. But it seemed like I I did watch some Mad TV when it first debuted. But... I almost want to say, didn't it come on on Friday night? Wasn't it on a different remember. night altogether? I can't remember. Can't remember. I'll have to look it up. Because I think it come on after like Unsol- uh, Unsolved Mysteries, uh, America's Most Wanted, and Cops, and all that. I think it came on on Friday night. Okay. I may be totally off base, but. Well, while I'm looking that up, you can talk about Hercules and Xena Warrior Princess. Well, I, I'll do my best. Uh, I never really watched either one, but I'll tell you a funny story from the grocery store. There was a guy who came into the video store every day and would rent a movie or whatever, and he was not as quick on the uptake as most of the rest of us, and he was a huge fan of Xena. And if mm-hmm. I were in there, and I'm sure whoever was in the in running the video department heard it every day, but when I was in there, I would hear it. He would come over and talk about it like it was real. And he's like, "Yeah, on Zena tonight, she's got to escape this whatever, and I don't know that she's that strong." And da 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 da. And I'd be like, "Ah oh, man, I'm sure it'll be all right. She got some kind of trick up her sleeve. Yeah, she's pretty smart. Yeah, she is. She'll get. It. Don't you worry, buddy." It'll be all right. It'll be on again tomorrow. Don't you, don't you frown over there. <laughs> That's the only Xena story I got. Yeah. I, I remember flipping past channels and it being on, and I don't think I've ever watched a complete episode of either one. So just did not connect with me. And Mad TV did run on Saturday nights. It was a direct competitor to uh, Saturday Night Live. So I, I guess my memories are right that it, I was kind of flipping back and forth to see what was going on between the two. Uh, and it ran for 14 seasons. Did not yeah, realize that. For a long time. Uh, and then the big one, probably for you, and, well, and I would say me too, was that WCW Monday Nitro debuted in 1995. And I don't remember being there right away, but once I got to college in the spring of 96... We had this, uh, down in the basement of our dorm, we called it the dungeon, was one television, and basically it was whoever was down there first got to pick what we were going to watch, okay? So we would run and get there early, so we had control, like we, I mean as in the wrestling fans, so we would have control of the television so we could watch Nitro down in that dungeon. So it was a big deal. I started it from the beginning. Of course I was watching weekly wrestling anyway. And then here's just another new show. Mm-hmm. But, uh, for whatever reason, nitro created an excitement and electricity like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And it helped propel the wrestling boom of the nineties when wrestling just went crazy. It's when Vince McMahon became a certified billionaire at the end of it. Uh, you know, there the year 2000, it was exciting and people part of it. And you'll remember this from watching nitro. They would hype up the nitro parties for people to have. And you could send in your 
tape of your nitro party of your party watching nitro right. and they'd show part of it on the show so it That's was right. infectious it fed on itself and people were like you guys getting together to watch it it's crazy to think about a wrestling show being like that but it was electric there in yeah. the late 90s and we would we would flip back and forth between raw and nitro but it was mainly we were watching the complete nitro and we would flip during the commercials or whatever to see what was going on a little bit in the WWE world, I think it was still, well, I don't know if when the switch made between WWF and WWE, but yeah, we would, cause F, it was, right. uh, that was, uh, that was like stone cold Steve Austin era. Right. And I'm trying to think what other bigger name wrestlers would have been on raw as a competitor, oh, a very young rock, uh, mankind undertaker. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a big deal. And I don't know. It was just like the factions, too, on Nitro and that whole the storyline between the NWO and WCW. And then, you know, the NWO would eventually split. And so you had all these you were fans of more or less factions than you were at individual wrestlers. That's yeah, what I remember. tell you something. You're talking to somebody in the heart of horseman country. You cannot talk about factions without mentioning the four horsemen yep. first. Just okay. throwing that out there. Just you've been warned for the next time. <laughs> okay. So anyway, that was uh, that was kind of my memories of that. So and then just a couple more uh, things that happened in '95 around television. This was the time that uh, Drew Barrymore was on David Letterman. You remember this when she no. flashed? You don't remember that? No. I, I was a huge David Letterman fan, so we were watching that even a couple years earlier when I'm in high school. It was cool to stay up late and watch Letterman, then come to school the next day and talk about what happened, you know, because he was that was just the time where he's like throwing stuff out of windows and you know, <laughs> crazy stuff that they would do during the show, not just necessarily the the guests. But she came on, I think it was Dave's birthday, and she jumps up on the desk, does this like stripper dance, and flashes him <laughs> uh, with her back to the camera, obviously, and sits down and. It was just one of those moments that everybody was talking about when it happened. Like, what is she doing, man? <laughs> She's crazy. Um, and then 95, this is the last little bit. 95 was the year that Walt Disney announced they were purchasing ABC and ESPN. And, and uh, but there's some, what else was in with that? I think there was something else. Anyway, that's where they just kind of, Walt Disney became bigger than life. And mm-hmm. to start that started the whole chain reaction it would have been buying star wars and marvel it would have been right around that time too because i think marvel filed for bankruptcy in 95 uh when disney bought marvel Mm -hmm. so it it may have been at the same time but it it was really close probably within a year year and a half of this announcement they they actually bought marvel and oh my look where we are now (laughs) i was thinking it was later though that was about the time they bought star wars was when they essentially bought Marvel. Well, they may have bought the Marvel studios. Yeah. yeah but they bought okay. Marvel comics. I'm pretty sure they bought them out of bankruptcy back in the mid nineties. Okay. It's hard to think how big Marvel is now to think that in the late nineties, they were in bankruptcy. Yeah. That's crazy. Of course it has been 25 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I still feel like it was like five, 10 years ago, but yeah. Yeah. 95 has been a while now. All right, so what are you going to throw in for your last time capsule item? Ooh. Um, hmm. Oh, I know. Uh, the third ever Monday Nitro was in Johnson City, which is not far from here. And I got to go, and they were handing out these prepaid calling cards that had Hulk Hogan on it and the Monday Nitro logo as a promotional thing, but it only had three minutes on it. I'm going to put that, <laughs> I'm gonna put that in. And I used it to call the uh, WCW hotline. So <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was a three-minute prepaid phone card. Because phone cards were a big deal back then. Oh gosh, you know, yes. everybody had phone cards and stuff. So that was a uh, not like a weird as weird of an item as it sounds today. It was a really nice promotional item. They handed them out to everybody in the crowd. So I'm gonna put that in. Yeah, that was big. And my dad was like, "Anytime you call long distance, use that ten ten number." You know, we had it like written on the fridge. <laughs> You know, that whole scene too, or 10, 10, 3, 2, 1, whatever it was, you know, yeah. before you call to get five cents a minute or whatever it was. Gosh. Anyway, uh, I don't know if it was ever released, 
but maybe I'll just set my boombox up to the TV and record the NWO theme, and I'm going to throw that in. <laughs> oh, it was released there. They, it was, uh, WCW put out that CD once upon a time. Okay, well, then I'm going to put that CD in then that has the NWO theme because we were – anytime that hit, and you heard it like, what, five or six times an episode yeah. just based on who was wrestling that night, and it was usually – the single matches, but then they would also come out at one point and just talk mm-hmm. and do their promos. So you heard it so much, and it just got ingrained in my memory that uh, I love the NWO theme. So I'm going to throw that in as my time capsule item. So that's it, man. So that we went through there. We've made our time capsule. I didn't write down what all we threw in there, but <laughs> <laughs> we can go back and uh, uh, we'll let you... Uh, you know, leave us a comment. Tell us what you would put in for some of these categories. As and if a you are, a, if you are an enterprising listener, leave a comment with all the stuff me and Jason put in too, so we don't have to go back and <laughs> figure it all out again. Yeah.